Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please? You are listening to the Big Cruise podcast. Welcome back to the Big Cruise podcast. This is episode 5 and it's our pleasure to be with you once again. Later in the show we have Chris joining us with Cruise News. We have Emma reviewing her recent cruise on Norwegian Spirit. But I did want to take a moment to uh, thank everybody that's contacted me on email, via the website or left a review. It's impossible to thank every one of you individually, but I do promise that every week I will make a shout out to somebody who has left a review somewhere. And this week the shout out is to Danny Campbell Yates. Uh, just this week he left a review on um, Apple Podcasts and thank you very much for that. You said thoroughly enjoy. I really enjoy the informative positive and light-hearted show. I look forward to tuning in each week. Danny, it's our pleasure to bring the show to you and thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you do love the show, please tell your friends, family, everybody uh, that you can and most importantly subscribe so that you receive each and every podcast episode directly in your podcast feed. But without further ado, let's get straight into the podcast. <laughs> Once again, it's that time to welcome Chris back to the show. Hey, Chris. Hi, Barry. Um, let's jump straight into maritime history. Yeah, so there's a ship that many Aussies might remember. She used to visit here quite regularly during the 1990s on world cruises. It's a, a ship called the Sagafjord. Um, it was uh, put into service back in 1965, uh, and in May of 1965. So you know, now it's May. I can't believe how. We're in May already. Um, but yeah, the ship was um, just commencing its sea trials. And interestingly enough, it had a very successful career, but it had a really troubled time with the construction of the ship. It was was built in France. It took um, many, many years to to complete the construction of the ship. Um, it was completed as a as an ocean liner in some one of the last 
sort of ships to be designed to that ocean liner specification, uh, but never really did much in the way of long duration line voyages. And she actually spent most of her time doing luxury cruises. Um, it was a ship that was built for the Norwegian America line. And uh, she was considered one of the most luxurious ships in the world. She was in a ca- category called five plus stars. So it was even more than five stars. Uh, very luxurious ship. Uh, and it had a sister ship called the Vistafjord. And in the 1980s, um, both of them were purchased by Cunard's owner, which was Trafalgar House at the time, uh, and became ships of the Cunard fleet. And it was during that period that they started well, sending Sagafjord on world cruises. Uh, and so people across Australia remember her coming into to port um, once a year on those grand world voyages, but particularly any listeners in Sydney uh, may recall that she would quite often rendezvous with QE2 uh, in Sydney when the two ships were on their world cruises. Uh, and Cunard would actually charter the Concorde Ooh. to fly in passengers to join Sagafjord into Sydney. So the Concorde would fly across that long duration, making several stops and bring passengers into Sydney, specifically to board the Sagafjord. Um, so something that's, uh, you know, even aviation spotters might remember seeing the Concorde, and that's the reason why it was in Australian skies. Uh, it ended its service with Cunard in 96 and then was actually sold um, the following year to Saga Cruises to become the Saga Rose. Uh, and she was very popular with Saga um, as, a, as a cruise ship there until um, 2009 when she was did her last world voyage. She called in Australia on her last world voyage and then she, she finished up her time with Saga and was um, sold to, to be scrapped. I mean, she was just so old by that stage. But yeah, an interesting thing that started its uh, sea trials uh, all those years ago and this month in 1965. So I thought that was one that people might might remember if they think back to the 1990s. Excellent. And uh, almost, in fact, I think it is today to the day, we, we should have been welcoming Sapphire Princess to Australian shores. Yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing about this is that there's so many um, like milestones and in, in people's um, calendars, cruising calendars that are, are sort of being missed, of course. Sapphire Princess is amongst many of the ships that were supposed to be um, visiting Australian shores at the moment. And even our own P&O Australia fleet uh, would have been doing cruises if things had been normal. But of course, they're all out of service. Um, Now, Sapphire Princess, among many others, are actually at anchor um, in the Philippines. And lots of people have been asking, where have all the Australian cruise ships gone? Because, of course, there, there are no cruise ships operating in Australia. There's I don't think there's any cruise ships even in Australian ports after the um, after the cruise ban was implemented. Uh, and so there's a, a whole heap of Australian-based cruise ships that are at, at anchor in Manila Bay um, in the Philippines. And so she's in company with uh, Queen Elizabeth. There's also the Pacific Explorer, the Pacific Dawn from P&O Cruises, um, and several other um, ships from the Princess fleet, which were sailing in our in our waters, are also there. And you can see them on the voyage tracker sort of in a cluster. They've been anchoring these ships at anchorage points in clusters to keep them out of shipping lanes. But every now and then they'll, you'll see one of them go off for a little little jaunt out into open ocean um, because they go out there to do an exchange of uh, grey water and bring on board fresh seawater, not fresh water, seawater for the desalination plant on board because, of course, they've still got their crew on board, um, many of these ships. But, you know, another thing that's interesting, Barry, is that I was seeing that um, – some of these ships now are starting to farewell their Filipino crew, and there's been a big operation up there with um, 
tender boats and um, and ferries that have come alongside and the crew have been tested by the local authorities to make sure that they didn't have the virus and then transferred um, ship to shore and in some cases ship to ships because some of these ships are going off to repatriate their crew back home in different countries. So uh, a big operation up there and, and uh, the Sapphire Princess is obviously in good company with all the other big cruise ships. Yeah, quite an operation. And also in the positive news, sure. um, Silver Origin um, begins their sea trials. Yeah, so the Silver Origins, uh, Silver Sea as a brand is a, a luxury brand. I'm sure some of our, our listeners have um, have heard of of Silver Sea, maybe have even cruised on Silver Sea. Um, but it's a it's a very high end brand. I mean, it, it probably would have um, quality on board that would even put the Saga Fjord to shame. <laughs> um, but they've also branched out from small ship cruising, small ocean ship cruising into expedition voyages as well. And so Silver Origins, their, their newest um, expedition ship, um, and she'll be commencing her, her sea trials. She has commenced her sea trials. Um, and she's actually designed to undertake cruises to the Galapagos Islands, which is quite a um, sought-after destination because it's so sort of difficult, I suppose, to get there. Um, and... Um, and it's quite quite a sort of rugged area where you can explore. So these ships are great because they're smaller. They can get into these um, smaller areas where the bigger ships can't go. And they also carry um, Zodiac boats and experts on board who can talk to you about the, the local wildlife and get you right up close to, to some of the sites that um, are much harder to see from, from land-based trips or uh, big cruise ships. Yeah, the Galapagos is definitely on, on my bucket list. Uh, we'll get there one yeah, day. Yeah, for sure. Um, Heading over to the UK briefly, uh, Riviera Cruises, which is a UK river cruise operator, um, they've just announced another new ship launching in 21. Yeah, so they're building um, a, they've got a, a fleet of, um, of of ships, and the latest one, the Lord Tennyson, um, it's, they're all sweet ships, so they're very, very luxurious, and it's going to carry uh, just under 170 guests um, in 88 luxurious suites. Uh, and so I think what's great about this one is that it implements a, a series of new um, amenities, um, including things like wellness areas and, and sun deck spas, but also the fact that the company's going ahead with the build of the ship and with their future plans just gives us um, a lot of sort of reassurance that the future of the cruise industry is is much rosier than, than perhaps what you're you're hearing in the media at the moment. Um, so that's a good thing for the cruise industry as well to hear that. And it's um, planned to be launched uh, next year. And um, they're not the only ones launching new ships. Actually, uh, Viking Cruises are currently building a new vessel exclusively for the Mississippi in the US. Yeah, so this is a really interesting one because there, this is a um, Viking's take on a Mississippi riverboat, I suppose. But it doesn't look like that traditional um, steam-powered boat that you might think of it's it's obviously got all the modern amenities that you would expect on a viking ship but what's interesting here is that she's being built in the united states um and one of the reasons is because if a if a passenger ship is um sailing within america and not leaving america there's some legislation that was passed many years ago um that means that the ship has to be both built flagged and crewed by american um in America and by Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she's under construction in Louisiana. Um, its name will be the Viking Mississippi. So it's pretty obvious where she'll be um, 
sailing, and they are expecting to put her into service for the 2022-23 season, so sort of late 2022. Um, she's uh, five decks high, so she's, you know, for a riverboat, re- reasonable size, um, and can accommodate um, just under 390 um, passengers on board the ship, which is you know, quite a good passenger complement. And I think it will be... Um, and a welcome addition to the area because um, Viking obviously is another brand that has um, a very good reputation and to be able to bring an American built American crewed uh, ship into the market would be quite something for uh, that local, that local market. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be quite refreshing because the, the paddle steamers um, are built, even though they're built more recently, they, they are designed to look very, very traditional. And Viking mm. obviously has a very, nordic minimalistic look on board so i think it'll be a, a refreshing change on on the mississippi i think it's yeah i think it's great i think it's the, again another sign i mean i suppose like as if you were monitoring the cruise industry you'd be looking now and thinking if, if people if the cruise lines were getting concerned about the future this is when you start to see a whole heap of cancellations of these plans but the fact that they're still going ahead with it um and that it's going to be a, a unique product coming into that to that market um, and something I think that will attract people who might not necessarily have even thought about doing a river cruise um, on the Mississippi, like, but who already know the Viking brand, will will entice them yeah. to give it a try if they're traveling in America. Exactly. And keeping with the river cruise theme, our friends at Avalon have around, sorry, have announced six new ports and three new itineraries for the 2021 season. Yeah, so they're going to be um, expanding their their ports of call, obviously um, with a focus on on Europe. Um, so there'll be ports featured in Croatia, in Serbia, Romania, and Bulgaria. So these are um, ports that are becoming more and more uh, appealing on the cruise itineraries. Um, we actually a couple of years ago travelled um, to Croatia um, on the on the Queen Elizabeth, and it was. I didn't know exactly what to expect, but it was just remarkable. Such a beautiful um, place, amazing landscape, very welcoming people. Uh, and it was an opportunity to see a place that I'd never really thought of, of seeing. So it's great to see that um, Avalon are, are going down that path. Uh, and again, um, these are voyages um, that, that complement things that they've, that are, you know, areas that are more popular, such as the Danube, for example. Um, and it, uh, you know, the, these voyages can take you on these rivers through multiple countries. You can see multiple destinations and locations. Uh, and the leisurely pace of the river cruising is a little bit different to um, ocean cruising because the ship m- operates a lot slower. It kind of ties up alongside in in towns that you would never be able to get a, a big um, ocean cruise ship into. Um, in some cases, you can leave the ship and, and wander along um, along the riverbank uh, with it making its way, you know, slowly down the riverbank and then join it up again later. Some of them even have bicycles where you can ride and meet the ship at the next uh, at the next uh, port, I suppose, or the next town. So it's a, a very different experience to that typical cruise experience people think of, but I think one that's becoming very popular, um, even with Australian travellers who go across to um, to Europe. I mean, you you'd know Barry from all of the um, inquiries and stuff that you'd have gotten over time. Oh yeah, river cruising is is very very popular, and for a long time, everybody focused on Amsterdam to Budapest, which is kind of the Rhine, the Main, and the Danube. Yeah. Um, but so many more people are now going back for a second visit and going to places like the Seine or the Rhone and the Saone in the south of France, down to the um, the Douro in Portugal. So so many opportunities, and and Avalon look like they're expanding 
further into to the east and Avalon are, are known for active cruising as well so for those people that want to use the bikes want to be mm. active whilst they're on holiday this is a, a great option for them yeah I mean you can't even um, imagine the idea like on a because everyone has this sort of quintessential image I suppose of the the cruise industry being these big sort of um caribbean cruise ships where it's all like go 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 all the time but the the river cruises offer offer such a different sort of pace you can as you said with avalon you can go um on a more active experience there's other ones that are much more sort of laid back there's ones where you can even cook your own sort of food on board and there's all sorts of different experiences that you can have whilst you know sailing down a river that will take you maybe through some of the most iconic towns and cities and landscapes and then into forests and all sorts of other things so yeah very um a very different angle on cruising but i think again another one that's planning to to expand is just more positive news that the future of the cruise industry is, is still bright absolutely couldn't agree more now if you uh, want to hear more from chris you've obviously got your own social pages i've got the links down in the show notes but chris feel free to, to mention where they can find you oh cool well i mean i'm on um, facebook instagram youtube uh, and Twitter, all under the handle of um, Chris Cunard. So Chris and then the word Cunard all together. Cunard being obviously the shipping line that I have written about quite a lot in our in our books. Um, but yeah, I've also been doing quite a few videos on YouTube lately about what's been going on with the cruise industry. So yeah, if you want to sort of see um, what's been happening where all the, I mean, we talked about the ships in the Philippines, but there's also huge amounts of ships that are parked up in um sort of off Grand Bahama, there's ones in the United Kingdom, there's all sorts of different things. I've been covering that a little bit on online as well. So um, come, and, come and talk to me there. Excellent. Thanks again, Chris. Until next week. Cheers. Thanks so much. Yeah, take care. This podcast is not possible without the help of our sponsors. And a big shout out to, first of all, cruisefinder.com.au, where you will find more than 30,000 cruises with live availability. But most importantly, every call, chat and email is answered here in Australia by clear cruise accredited specialists. So when you're looking for a cruise, please look no further than cruisefinder.com.au. And also, of course, to our friends at Sandals and Sunsets. If you're looking for the most comfortable sandals you've ever seen, a handmade in Spain, uh, sold with love here in Australia, the Avarka sandals are available at sandalsandsunsets.com.au. Next up on the podcast, we're joined by Emma from the UK, who... Uh, I think is a little like myself, uh, possibly considers herself a, a, a cruise geek, for want of a better word. Emma, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. Definitely a cruise oh. geek. Definitely. Oh, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all. No. So I guess, first of all, let's start with who you are, because in the UK, you're, you're quite a big deal. And uh, I think it's fair to share that little story. That's very, that's very kind of you. Um, so... I suppose I'm a cruise blogger and a cruise YouTuber and I get called the word influencer, which I think is a bit strange, but basically I have a website about cruising and I have a YouTube channel. So I spend every spare hour of my life talking about cruising, thinking about cruising, writing, making videos. It's just, I've cruised since I was a child and when I was ready to take my own cruise, I tried to take my friends and some of their ideas about cruising were just ridiculous so I kind of sat down and I thought right I'm gonna put the world the record straight on this one and I haven't stopped so I've been doing that for about three years now oh good on you <laughs> and with uh, I think it's 
safe to say at the end of this interview, actually, we'll we'll give out the, your social pages. So, and I'll put okay. them in the show notes so that people can find you. Um, but for this cruise, uh, you're cruising in December of last year. Give us the thoughts on why you chose this cruise um, and who was cruising with you. Okay, so this was on the Norwegian Spirit. It was a seven-night cruise out of Rome. I primarily cr chose this because of the cruise ship. It was the first cruise ship I ever cruised on when I was 11 years old. So I've always been keeping an eye out for this ship. I love Norwegian, but recently they seem to have been very, very expensive. So when I saw this cruise came up, it was a really good price. It was something like £800 for seven nights. I jumped on it and I love kind of Christmas cruises, but cruising over Christmas is very, very expensive. So cruising two weeks before was just perfect. Out of interest, in the UK, does Norwegian include the the five perks, your, your gratuities, your beverages, your uh, free at sea dining, or is that something that you... Well, they did for years and years and years. The only thing you could buy was the all-inclusive thing, which really priced me out of it because it did get very, very expensive. This one I booked last year didn't include anything. It was just kind of a, a sail away price. I paid for a guaranteed inside cabin. I didn't have drinks. I didn't have anything. It was the cheapest thing that you could buy. Ah, okay. So we do have that as well. The sail away <laughs> rates, yeah, you can you can have as a guarantee at the lowest price with nothing included. Yeah. But any other category above that tends to have the, uh, the, the promotions included. Just here at the moment, pretty much what Norwegian are doing is the pay £99 for a perk or two that is what they're doing at the moment but I managed to do it without any perks I don't I don't even know how but I didn't need anything I just wanted a cheap break I went with my parents and my brother which is really really nice I'm at kind of a really good age now because I cruise with my boyfriend I cruise with my friends and my parents still want me to go with them um because they want to take my brother on cruises and the way that cruise cabins work normally if you have an odd number of people it's just a bit awkward so if I pay for myself, then it just makes it easier for all of us. And I'm more more than happy to spend the week with my parents and my brother. It was brilliant. Oh, excellent. And you say you finally convinced your friends to cruise. I have. Yeah, so I have this 90s versus noughties cruise booked in September, which I was supposed to be taking two of my friends on. Um, it is, it's really quite funny, some of the ideas that my friends have about cruising. So I have one friend who I work with and I was showing him, I was going on a Viking cruise. So those Viking cruise cabins are amazing. And he said, you know, oh, that looks amazing. But where do you go to the bathroom? And I said, you know, like all of the cabins have bathrooms, <laughs> yep. of course. And he was like, oh, I thought you had communal toilets on each deck. <laughs> <laughs> and that's genuinely like the level of what I'm dealing with with some of my friends. So, yeah, it's hard. Most of them think that it's just it's kind of the Cunard level of cruising, formal dining, dress codes, all of that stuff. So when I said, come on, you know, we can do a 90s theme cruise. All your drinks are included. It's fantastic. So I've got a few supposed to be coming on that in September. If it does get cancelled, I'm pretty sure we'll just postpone it till next year. So with this cruise on Norwegian Spirit, you were cruising around the Med. Now, there aren't many cruises that do the Med in December, to be fair, but I quite like the idea because you're going to be in places where there are not so many tourists. Um, but obviously, it's a hop, skip and a jump from the UK over to Rome. Did you have any pre-time in Rome before you, or did you literally go down to the port of Civitavecchia? Well, we spent one night in Rome, just because for flying into Rome, then you've got hours on the train to get into Civitavecchia. Anyway, um, I've been to Rome a few times before, but I really like Rome. I think it's really easy just to 
you just stay in a hotel and if you don't want to spend a lot of money you can just you can wander around and you can see most of the sights of Rome so we pretty much just spent a few days I went to McDonald's you know did all the best things in Rome um <laughs> but it was really nice to be in Rome when it's all decorated up for Christmas the streets look lovely it was nice yeah excellent so you did take the train from Rome city centre to uh, we did to yeah so taking it there was fine um we paid for the more expensive train, the less touristy train. Coming yeah. back, we decided to do the really, really, really cheap train, and it was horrible. I would not recommend it at all. It took two and a half hours, and I was just stood in the aisle. We were Everyone was stood on top of each other. Italian people were shouting at each other. It was horrible. I would, again, pay that extra for the less um, local train in the future. It's not a huge difference either from memory. To no, I know. <laughs> I've learned that lesson now. Um, I mean, it's, on, on paper, it sounds fine, but it was such a busy train. Everyone was arguing. It was it was it was hot, surprisingly, but I suppose we had all of our coats and suitcases and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, I've spent too much time commuting to work and stuff on the train, standing around. It's, it's not that fun. I think it was on a Sunday as well, which didn't help. <laughs> Right, okay. Now, for those people that don't know Civitavecchia, the the town itself, the train station is actually a bit of a walk. Not a bad walk, it's pretty flat. Yeah. But if you've got luggage, um, I guess you can take a taxi down but and then, uh, or even just walk as far as the shuttle station and then yeah. take the shuttle over to, to the ship. Um, what did you do? Did you walk? We walked, yeah. Um, if there's an option to walk, I'm always going to walk. It was, it was fine, actually. Walking along the front was completely no problem. It's all flat and there's pavements and stuff. And then we got the shuttle from wherever Norwegian picked you up. It was really hard to find that place, to be fair. There wasn't any kind of instructions. We just followed other people with suitcases. Um, but we didn't have any kind of email from Norwegian that said, this is where we'll pick you up, which was a bit strange. Fine for me. I can work it out. But if maybe this was my first cruise and you're stuck in this strange place with no idea where you're meant to go, might have been a bit a bit yeah, different. Norwegian go from the opposite side of the port to most cruise lines. Most cruise lines yeah. are kind of over to the left as you walk in, but Norwegian tend to go from beyond the ferries, which you can't actually see the ship. So yeah, you, unless you know where you're going, it, it can be a little confusing. Yeah, and there were other ships in there as well. So there were some MSC ships, which were picking up from what I would think is the more normal place that shuttles go from. So even if you follow people with the suitcases, if you follow the ones with the wrong cruise line, you're never going to find the right place. <laughs> but we well, had you, loads you of time. So. Yeah, we did, did find, find it. It was you fine. Found the marquee? Yeah, we found um, it. It was okay. It wasn't and how bad. was checking from kind of entering the marquee to, to getting on the ship? How long did that take roughly? Oh, not long at all, actually. We went straight through. Um, we only took cabin-sized suitcases and they kept trying to make us take them on board rather than check them in and I was saying no this is my suitcase but I think they thought you know I'd already checked in a big bag and had wow. this little extra one but I travel very very light so I just gave this man my bag I had a luggage tag on it so I just left it and it did appear in my room it didn't take long at all probably 15 minutes maybe Brilliant. not not too much queuing I, we didn't have to sit around or anything um Excellent. I yeah, it was around midday we planned to get on. So it was all right, actually. Not too bad. Now, the next question is probably different for you because you've been on the ship before. Um, and okay. You, as you say, you follow it. But when you walk up the gangway and you walk onto a ship, you've always got that wow or that first impression. Obviously, for you, yep. it's like coming home. What, what was that feeling like? What did you think? 
I think it was even better because I had memories of this cruise ship. And you walk into the atrium and it is huge. So they've 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 not tried to fill up all the space, which means that it's so open. It has these big glass elevators. It did have this amazing waterfall that they ripped out in the refurb, which I'm quite annoyed about. Um, but it's you you stand in the middle and you look up and it it is a proper wow. I really like a cruise ship that has a big open kind of atrium area. I don't really like ones where you know, I feel so, on some cruise ships they kind of they don't give you much space, do they? But this one is really kind of a wow factor and it had Christmas trees because it was just before Christmas, so it looked really really nice. It was so good and I was on board and I was thinking, where's the food? Straight to the Norwegian food. <laughs> And is that what you did? You didn't even bother going to your cabin? Yes. You straight to the, the buffet to or the, the main food. dining room? Um, we got some food in what would be Oceans on the, the newer ships, oh, yeah. but it's, yep. it's it was the local, but now no, now it's the local, now they've refurbished it. But straight okay. there for Sorry, cookies Paul. and buffalo wings and all that stuff. Excellent. <laughs> now... Um, Every cruise line tends to do lifeboat drill a little bit different, and it's something that everybody has to do before the ship sails. Yeah. Remind me what Norwegian do. Do you have to physically get your life um, jacket and then physically go down to the muster point, or do you just watch a, a video in a, a central lounge? So we had to do one of the ones on the promenade deck, boo, ah. but <laughs> we didn't have to take our life jackets, so that was good. It was actually pretty organized. It wasn't too bad. Um, I think I've done a outside promenade deck drill before with Costa and once you've done that doing it with a cruise line like Norwegian is no trouble at all if everyone's speaking <laughs> English it's so much easier um yeah. it didn't take too long I mean it's never nice being squished into those lines of five with all other people but they did it as well as they could it, it was quite um the sun was setting it was strange ah. because I suppose it was winter and I'm, I Certainly. tend to think of you know it always being light and but it was quite nice. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yeah, I was on a ship just recently in Sydney Harbour and we did the same. It was out on the, the deck. And yeah. um, straight in front of me was a Sydney Opera House, but which I've seen hundreds and hundreds of times. <laughs> but to do it as part of your muster drill is just like, yeah, I can handle this. <laughs> okay, and now onto your cabin type. What type of cabin did you book? Um, how did you find the amenities inboard? Was there USBs? Um, and that most important question about the bathroom, was there a glass door or a shower curtain? <laughs> Okay, so I booked the cheapest cabin right at the end of the ship. It was basic, but it was more than fine. It was fairly spacious. There was quite a lot of storage, quite a lot of wardrobe space, drawers. There were no USBs, but it's quite an old ship. She's from the 90s, so I don't think we could really expect USBs on there. She does, well, she did when I was on board have a shower curtain, but I suspect that that has been replaced by now. It was actually quite a fair, you know, size cabin and nothing was particularly exciting about it, but it was all clean, it was spacious, it was functional and yeah, quite quite happy in there. Excellent. And on to probably one of the most important topics for some cruisers, <laughs> dining. Yes. Uh, first of all, did you use the uh, the, the buffet um, or the, the garden cafe, I think Norwegian refer to it as? Yeah. Um, did you use the main dining room and then on to, did you use any of the speciality restaurants? I actually didn't. No, I didn't. I only ate the included food this time. But I think it's quite easy to go on a Norwegian cruise and not pay any extra for food. So I ate most dinners in the main dining room, which was nice. It was fine. The service was 
it can be a bit slow on Norwegian, but I think that's just because they don't have the set dining time. So they're trying to, you know, make starters at the same time as desserts and mains. And mm -hmm. it must be a logistical nightmare. I have no idea how they do it. But when you're on a cruise, I don't really think you're in that much of a rush. So it never really bothered me. You're there to kind of have dinner, aren't you? And talk to your family and enjoy it. So that was good. The food is always good on Norwegian. I don't think I've ever had any complaints about the food. The buffet is, it's fairly small on this cruise ship, especially compared to the other ones, but you'll find all of the usual things there. You'll find snacks and cookies and everything you would kind of really need. And my favorite place always is the Oceans, the local, the kind of bar pub place where you can get burgers and hot dogs and stuff. And that's open 24 hours a day. So for me, it starts off as being, you know, oh, I'll, I'll have that instead of lunch. And then it's by the end of the cruise, you're having it between lunch and dinner and <laughs> in the evening. And it, it's so the service there is so fast. You sit down, you get whatever you want and you go. And I quite like that sometimes. Sometimes I don't want to do the whole, you know, get dressed up for dinner. And I, I can't be bothered. Sometimes I just want to eat and that's the best place for it. Yeah, sure. Now, obviously, things have changed recently due to COVID, but yeah. Norwegian's particularly hot on on hygiene, and they do have the sanitizing stations, mm -hmm. and on the newer ship, they also have the the, the hand washing stations. Yep. How actively was it enforced on this particular cruise? It was quite enforced. So, if you've ever been on a Norwegian cruise, they have sometimes someone who is singing a song about washy washy and they will actually they won't let you into the buffet until you have sanitized your hands which i think is fantastic as far as all the other cruise lines i've been on norwegian are definitely one of the the best i think and they're one of the strongest enforcers which i really like there's nothing more annoying than just washing your hands and everyone else just walks past you it drives me mad but it was enforced in the buffet it was yeah, it was in the main restaurants too. Before they actually seat you, they would ask you to sanitize your hands. So I think Norwegian are pretty good at that. Yeah, they, they, we refer to them as the wishy-washy uh, men yeah. and women um, at the buffet. And they must leave their contract brainwashed by that song because they sing it almost 24 <laughs> hours a day. I think they rotate. I hope they rotate around. <laughs> if that is your only job for, you know, six months. <laughs> <laughs> now... This is one of the smaller Norwegian ships, but um, obviously you had a couple of sea days on there. How was yeah. the flow of people on board? Could you find a quiet spot? Could you find a seat? I know it wasn't really outdoor sun weather, but mm -hmm. could, I'm guessing there was a sunbed available if you wanted one. But yeah. yeah, how was the flow of people around the ship? It was really good. I think compared to the newer, bigger Norwegian ships, there's so much more space per person on this ship. There's this massive lounge at the top, which is like an observation lounge and you can always get a seat there. You can always get a seat anywhere, really. I don't think I ever had that thing where you're wandering around, trying to find somewhere to sit. It did just feel very, very spacious. We didn't use any of the outside decks, that is true. Although sometimes people did do pool games and stuff. They were still going on. You can actually get some quite nice weather in the Mediterranean in winter compared to us here in the UK anyway. For you, probably you would hate it. But for us, if... The, it's not raining and the sky is blue then some people will be out there in the swimming pool so yeah it was really good um it's definitely one of the reasons why i prefer this kind of older ship rather than some of the new ones where it it feels very you're you're kind of aware of how 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 many other people are on the ship yeah sure sure 
Now, you didn't choose a package that had your beverages included, but do you remember off the top of your head roughly what a, a glass of beer or a, a glass of wine or even a cocktail might have been? Yeah, so um, they're not too expensive, I don't think. I I don't really drink beer, but it's around maybe... Everything's in dollars, isn't it? Oh, no, I've got to translate to dollars. Probably $7, $7, something like that, yeah. It was about $4 for a soda... About maybe twelve for a cocktail, something like that. I think it's pretty standard. I think personally, some of their drinks packages are very expensive. If you want to get the full alcoholic package, you're going to have to drink something like at least ten cocktails a day. Which (laughs) some people can do that, and it's fine. But it depends a lot on if you're on the ship all of the time. If you're off quite port intensive, and you get back and you've got a drink, you know. To get your money's worth, I think that's not really worth doing. I personally wouldn't really recommend their drinks packages unless you do want to drink quite a lot. I normally go for a soda package if I go for anything, just because I'm quite a fan of a Pepsi Max or something. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I always say the same. You know, if you're in the med where it's very port intensive, it's almost impossible to yeah. To- get the benefit of a drinks package but if you're on a south pacific cruise say out of sydney where you've got three full days at sea before oh, you get yeah. to the island and then another three days coming back then it's probably worthwhile considering it if you you drink um, that amount of course yeah. now this norwegian ship doesn't have all those bells and whistles that we we see on the, the newer norwegian ships but does she have an adults only pool area i think she does from memory she didn't when I was on board, but she does now. So when I okay. was on board, they had this amazing thing at the back, which was called Buccaneers Wet and Wild. And I went on it when I was a child, so I have like great memories of it. It's just water slides and kind of a kid's area. Um, right. And they pulled that out and they made it into a Spice H2O now, which I think is is good. There's quite a lot of pool space anyway, because there's kind of the pool deck and then there's the upper deck with all of the seats on it and a bit at the front and a bit at the back. It makes it kind of, this Spice H2O area at the back, it looks like kind of the princess ships, you know, where they uh-huh. kind of have staggered seating down and then a swimming pool, kind of the yep. P&O princess ships like that. So now there is an adult-only area. Whether they really needed it, I'm not sure. It doesn't really leave anything for kids on board, which I think is a shame. I don't know if I just think that because I'm I'm viewing it through eyes of myself as a child. Yeah. Um, they have kids clubs and stuff, but now there's no water slides or anything like that. But maybe if sure. you did have kids, you'd probably want to go for one of the more newer, bigger, exciting ships. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe. And how about entertainment on board? So Norwegian's known for its music and its big productions. In fact, they, yeah. they take some of their productions very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, what was going on board this particular ship? The ship has kind of all of the standard things you'd expect, like game shows and trivia and theatre shows. One thing that did disappoint me is that Norwegian Spirit doesn't have one of those big Broadway shows. So I've seen things like Kinky Boots, I've seen Priscilla, Queen of the Desert on other cruise ships, but the Norwegian Spirit doesn't have one. It doesn't have it. It doesn't have its own show. So the shows are kind of they're still good, but once you've seen them, you know it's yeah. a bit. It's just not as good, um, but I think that's kind of to be expected from the older, smaller ships. If they had had one of those big Broadway shows on there, it would have been fantastic. But I think that's kind of what a trade-off that you have to go for yeah. for this smaller ship. Just because they, they don't... 
for them to get this Broadway show, they have to get their licensing and they have to, you know, they're going to do that on their new exciting ships, aren't they? I have to say, one of the best shows I've ever seen, if you haven't seen it, is Choir of Man. Which I saw yes, I have. Oh, really good. Feel good show that is. It's Priscilla, Queen of the Desert for me. Oh, really? I love that show so much. I have so seen it as well, but yeah. I watched it and then I went back the next night and I watched it again. And I came <laughs> home and then I watched it on land and it just wasn't as good on land. So that's yeah. one thing that would make me go back on Norwegian Epic. But yeah. I'm surprised actually how many Americans got it because i thought it's, it's a very <laughs> humor quite yeah. good at times and americans generally don't get british or australian humor but they, yeah. they sat through it yeah i mean well we had people who were like in our row leaving midway through and stuff and i was like fine if if you didn't get from the poster what this was then yeah. why did you come <laughs> now we're going to talk about the port you went to um Yes. I'll basically briefly mention which port it was. You say what you did, whether it was a ship shore excursion, whether you did your own thing, hop yep. on, hop off bus, etc. And we'll just work work our way through your itinerary. Mm-hmm. So you started off in the port of Chivitavecchi, which we know as Rome. I did, yeah. You had a sea day or two and ended up in Dubrovnik. We did, yes. It was my first ever time to Dubrovnik and it was really nice. So the thing is, when we were on this cruise ship, they were saying to us, okay, you need to get into the old town of Dubrovnik. You're going to pretty much have to pay us for an excursion or a shuttle. They were kind of trying to put you off from using public transport, saying that they only take local currency, things like that. We got off. We walked for about, it was probably about half an hour into the old town and we walked back. And it saved us so much money because there were four of us. And it was a really yep. nice walk. I think we would have missed a lot if we just got on a bus and then got off, looked at the touristy bits and came back. So... Yep. I would just recommend if a cruise line is telling you you have to get a shuttle somewhere or a bus, just pull up Google Maps and see how far it is to walk. Because I think you get you get to see people who live there, you know, going to work, the normal shops, the normal life there, as opposed to what they want to show you. The old town was great and we, we wandered around it and it was fine. But it just feels like a movie set. It doesn't feel like a real place. You don't learn anything really about what it's actually like to live there. So... I'm glad we made that decision to walk. It was quite it felt quite warm to be honest for us to bring that walk. That was the only yeah. thing, but it was December so it wasn't really too warm. Yeah, I've been to Dubrovnik many times and I've I've seen it empty and it's always yeah, yeah it's like, like you say it's like a movie set when it's like that. It's really but I've also strange. been where it is wall to wall you are literally cheek to cheek with thousands and thousands of other tourists. Yeah. Um, so if you're going in the height of summer, definitely you've got to get in early or late and not be in there in the, the, the heat of the day because it, it, it's uh, pretty intense. But, yeah, it's a beautiful beautiful spot. Yeah, really cool. It was my first time and it was nice, yeah. Loads of cats, cats everywhere. <laughs> there is, yeah. Your next port of call was Cator for Montenegro. Um, yeah. Curious, did you get up early for the sail in to Montenegro? Because it's a beautiful sail in. It wasn't actually that early that we had to get up, surprisingly. Oh, okay. It was very, very kind. We didn't get in until about 10 a.m., which was fantastic. Okay. So really good. So I watched the sailing. The sailing goes on and on and on. <laughs> you think, oh, this looks great. I filmed it on my GoPro as kind of a time lapse, but it takes it takes oh, forever. Goodness. So long, but really pretty. Yeah, we, we did watch the sailing. We just wandered around. I tried to not pet all of the stray cats that I'm not supposed yeah. to pet them. Everything was lovely and Christmassy. We didn't walk up the top of the walls because you can walk oh, yep. to a certain point and then they try and charge you money to walk on the wall and I was thinking 
no it's a wall so we managed to get down and around the other side and take some pictures with the cruise ship and stuff and yeah it was nice it was good and were you alongside or do you have to take a tender we were alongside i've no i've been there th- three times i've never had to tender i don't know who who, who has no, to, I've tender. Had to tender I've, I've never been alongside i've no, been on I've princess just... carnival and oh, somebody else i can't remember See, i've done remember, every time yeah, this Norwegian one, I think because Norwegian Spirit's quite small, she can dock there. I did Costa Luminosa. She's quite big, and we docked. And I did the Queen Victoria with Cunard. Uh, okay. And we docked too, so yeah. No, I think we every just time docked. I've been there, to be fair, there's been three ships in, so only, obviously only one can, can get yeah. priority access. I think, well, we were the only one there this time, which is another perk of going in December because yeah. no one else is there, which was really, really nice. <laughs> and next protocol was Messina, Sicily. Yeah, I, this was my least favorite. Probably we didn't we didn't really do anything particularly. We just wandered around. We sometimes kind of download our own walking tours on apps because it's so easy for us here. At least I have free European roaming on my phone anywhere, so you can just you know you can use Google Maps and stuff. We looked at you know the cathedrals and the the top things on the list of things to do. Um, it was okay. Probably my least favorite place though on the thing. Yeah, I have, I have a similar feeling. We went there a couple of years ago on a, on a carnival ship, and yeah, I don't know what I was expecting, but it didn't live up to my <laughs> expectations at all. No, I mean, I, I would always get off in any port and have a wander around, and I think it's nice to get some exercise and some fresh air and some blue skies and stop eating for a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, we never. I didn't go there with any kind of great plans to do anything or see anything. So we just, I think we literally just got the list of like top five things to see. Went up. Yeah. Oh, I see that cathedral. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, I think ne- next time I go back to Sicily, I'll definitely be doing a an excursion or a tour of some description out into the countryside and, and get away from. Yeah, there. I think I do more um, research and find something that I I actually want to see because I don't really care about cathedrals. I've seen so many cathedrals. <laughs> and onto your next port of call, which was Naples. Yeah, this is one where we we downloaded an app called would go Naples or something and they'd comprise the best walking tour that stops off at all of the places that you should see and that's what we did it was it was pretty good it took us quite a long time to be fair Naples is quite a big place compared to what I had envisioned it was very industrial and a lot of it was under construction um I've heard from other people that it always seems to be under construction constant construction but once you get out of kind of the cruise port area where it's all being built there's loads of things to see in Naples and that that app was provided by Naples. So they told us the best places to go. It had little kind of audio clips when you got to each place. So it was like having a tour guide, but just on your own time. So if you didn't want to listen, you could just wander off, which was great. Yeah, exactly. Um, now we've wrapped up your port. You've finished in Naples. We're heading back into the port of Civitavecchia. Yep. Um, when you left the ship, did you go back into Rome or did you go straight to the airport? We went straight to the airport and straight home. What we did is we, well, what I always seem to do is I book an, a late flight, a late afternoon or an evening because it's always cheaper. And I always think that's a good idea until I get to the airport and then I've got about seven hours to wait. <laughs> and then every time I'm like, next time I'm not doing this. But then the flights, it's so much cheaper just to wait until the evening. So we had pretty much a day in, in the airport, which was fine. It was okay. But you yeah. just want to get home at that point, especially since I'd been on that train and stood up for about two hours. But yeah. Now, 
it's a, a favourite ship of yours. We, we've already it mentioned is. that. But is there a particular area that you know pulls at your heartstrings? I think it's the pub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love the pub on that cruise. The food ship. or the alcohol? There's actually no food there, but it's just they have oh, really? they have like um they'll have like folk singers who come in and do kind of live music and they have darts and it goes out onto the promenade deck so it's really really nice that you can sit outside on the promenade deck and still be kind of in the pub which is a thing that they do on a lot of the newer ships but i think it's just a coincidence that they also do this on this older ship unless they took inspiration for the waterfront area from this i don't know maybe possibly yeah now i have a a theory that's not that a cruise director can make or break a holiday, but a good cruise director really elevates it to the next level. Yeah. Did you see much of your cruise director? Do you have uh, much of an opinion on the cruise director on this particular sailing? I did. Well, I suppose they introduced themselves at the show, but I didn't see them anywhere. I don't remember who they were. Certain cruise directors definitely stick in my mind, and sometimes you really get to like them. But this one, I just no opinion on them. To be honest, okay. I'm not someone who really... I don't really... Some people kind of seek out the cruise director. Um, I don't do that. But, yeah, no, I, I yeah. have no opinion on this person. I don't remember them. So I'm sure they were fine, but nothing nothing exciting. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I, I'm not. I'm a bit like you. I, I don't really seek them out, but some people really etch themselves in your memory. Yeah. And I don't know if, whether they've gone that extra mile or whether they're just particularly memorable. But, yeah. I, I can't I remember them, so no. <laughs> <laughs> now, if Norwegian executives in Miami or wherever happen to be listening to this podcast, is there anything you would like to say to them about uh, your favourite ship? Um, I think that they could take some lessons from this ship when it comes to just space per person. I know it doesn't make a lot of financial sense for the cruise lines to give people more space, but it makes such a big difference. Just don't shove things to make money in every single corner of the cruise ships please and also i really like this ship because it doesn't have the the premium areas it doesn't have the haven it doesn't have anything like that so the whole ship is everyone's ship i don't know if i just don't i don't really like those because i'm not in them maybe maybe it's just jealousy but i don't really like it when you get to a door and it says you know posh club you're not allowed in (laughs) So yeah, I'm not. Maybe that was one of the things that gave it more space because sometimes the Norwegian ships have kind of a haven area on top, like a haven sun lounges and yep. stuff. Whereas the whole of the top ship was for everyone. So that was really good if they could uh, take some of that space and put it on some of the newer ones, which are much bigger. That would be nice. And almost last question. Yeah. Do. Who do you think this particular ship... I mean, Norwegian has a, such a wide appeal from various different demographics, but mm. Norwegian Spirit, who do you think it would appeal to most? Um, I think it would appeal most to not not really families, maybe people in the... I would say anything from 20s up. It's not a party cruise ship, but there's still quite a lot going on. You need to be someone who isn't relying on things like go-karts and ropes courses and stuff like that for entertainment you need to be quite happy kind of just if you want to relax and read a book and eat and drink and do some trivia and kind of a slower pace the more the other bigger ships then I think this would suit you there were people on there from you know there were families on there there were older people on there everyone was on there really but I would say there's not much on there for children. So maybe it's for people, kind of adults, maybe. Yeah, for sure, for sure. 
Now, given that she is your favorite ship and she has had a major overhaul and they spent, I think, a hundred million US dollars on her, will you be keen to get back on at some point, or will that just spoil the illusion? I am so keen to get back on board. I even oh, filmed wow, okay. like a before ship tour. So I've got that just saved and I'm waiting to get back on board to do my other half. I She was supposed to be in Asia, was where she was planned on being before all of this happened. Then she came to Europe very briefly before things went wrong. And I think she's in the Bahamas now. So I'm definitely keeping an eye out for her. She seems to be cheaper than the bigger ships just because maybe other people who cruise Norwegian aren't looking for her but i will be i will be back on board for sure somewhere somehow good news (laughs) and um if anybody listening to this podcast is looking for a cruise you'll find links to norwegian cruise line norwegian spirit and all the different itineraries in the show notes Um, and our good friends at cruisefind.com.au are able to help you out if you uh, need any assistance looking for your for your next cruise but Emma, one last thing for you to do, a shameless plug for your socials because you uh, have got some great information there if anybody is looking. Okay, so my website is called cruisingisn'tjustforoldpeople.com, which I appreciate is a silly name, but it says what it does. Cruising is for everybody, regardless of how old you are, how rich you are. There's a cruise for everyone. Cruisingisn'tjustforoldpeople.com. And my YouTube channel is called Emma Cruises because cruising isn't just for old people is way too long for a youtube username so <laughs> if you could subscribe on there that would be fantastic i have videos from this cruise on there um embarking this cruise and my ship tour will be coming when i get back on board sometime excellent oh, i really really enjoyed today thank you very very much for your time and if you happen to want to review any other ship you're more than welcome back to the podcast we'd love to hear from you thank you thank you this has been very very fun that's all for today if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave us a review on apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcasts until next time bon voyage Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.